Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 17 of Revelation chapter 21. And we're looking at verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. In the conclusion of our last study, we were looking at some scriptures in the Psalms where God speaks of his people inheriting the earth, or the meek inheriting the earth. And that is the fulfillment, once that takes place, it's the fulfillment of the promise given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob long ago that they would possess the land for an everlasting habitation. Now, the word inherit here in Revelation 21.7 is what directed us into those other verses. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And we saw um, several scriptures that spoke of inheriting the land, but God also speaks of something um, just tremendous in, in regards to an inheritance. In Matthew 19, he says in verse 29, And every one that has forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my namesake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. This whole passage in Matthew 19 was in response to the rich young ruler who came to the Lord And even though it doesn't say it in Matthew's gospel, in a couple of the other gospel accounts, ask the question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Christ, of course, um, told him to sell all that he has and, and give to the poor and come and follow me. But in order to teach that you cannot do anything, that, that, um, it's necessary for God to do the work of salvation. And when God does the work of salvation within a person, then that person will give up their life in uh, various ways to do service to God. And that's what Christ is referring to. Anyone who has um, forsaken houses and brethren and so forth, they will receive a hundredfold. There will be blessings that they experience in this present world and also they will inherit everlasting life. That is the rich inheritance. That is the abundance of wealth that each child of God possesses. You may not have very much and and, uh, many do not uh, in this world You may lack a great many things. You may be like Lazarus, 
the beggar full of sores and and lowly and despised and actually not even noticed by the rich man and uh, the the world doesn't uh, care for the child of God the world is not concerned about the needs of the child of God but God is and and God knows each one of his people and and God has a remedy he has spiritual blessings that his people can enjoy presently and he has rich abundant spiritual blessings that they will enjoy forevermore including life life eternal it says in hebrews chapter 9 and in um verse 14 i'll start there how much more shall the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to god purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living god and for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. God has promised it. It is our eternal inheritance. We have this to look forward to, and that's why we are looking forward with good expectation towards the date of October 7th, 2015, and the child of God is looking with anticipation, intensely looking, searching for the the coming of the Lord, as we read in 2 Peter 3. Again, I'll read this. It's good to be brought into remembrance of these things. It says in 2 Peter 3, 12 and 13, Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, again, the promise of eternal inheritance of a place, the land, and of life. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. That's what we're looking for. That's why uh, there's a difference between a believer, a true believer, and the person in the world as they they both hear about an expected end whether it be May 21 2011 or the completion of judgment day the likely completion of October 7th 2015 you can share the information and with one there's dread there's there's uh, alarm and and trouble of mind they they don't want to look at it and and you're you're spoiling the fun you're you're telling them something they don't want to hear or know about and let's not even talk about that and so uh, the church 
has obliged them and provided a way of uh, avoiding the issue. No man knows a day or hour. Thank you. They might as well say to the church, and they pull it out and and say to the believer who has uh, brought up the issue, oh, uh, you don't know, nobody knows, no man knows a day or hour. Now I can turn my attention back to the thing I want to focus on, this world and the things of the world. But on the other hand, the true believer, the elect, hears about it. And he's not troubled in mind. It, he, it doesn't disturb him in that kind of a way. Rather, he's very interesting, fascinated by the idea, because he believes the Bible and trusts the Bible. He knows God has spoken of these things in the Bible. There must be an end, actually, It says in Proverbs 23, and I'm going to read it because I don't think we're as familiar with this verse as we should be. It says in Proverbs chapter 23, in verse 18, For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Remember in Psalm 37, God um, kept rotating back and forth he would he would speak of the meek inheriting the earth and then he would talk of the wicked who are cut off well that's because they have no expectation it's why they are troubled of mind they they have no hope they're without god in the world and without hope the the hope is for those that god has saved salvation is not for everyone eternal life is not for everyone the eternal dwelling place of a new earth is not for everyone and and so their inheritance of the unsaved is this world it's been given to them and they're enjoying their inheritance this is all the inheritance they'll ever possess and, and so they, they don't want to look at anything else. But God guarantees it. Surely there is an end. It's not in question. No, the world will not continue forever. As some people deep down believe. That's why they're so convinced. It will never end. And it will not continue forever as... The erroneous teaching of evolution practically um, grants uh, eternal existence to the world if it's been around for billions of years. That's almost an eternity, isn't it? You can't even go back to the starting point that's so long. And it'll be here for billions more. So for all practicality, they're saying the world's eternal. But it's not eternal. It's a cursed place and a corrupt place. And God has determined. He has determined. He has appointed a day of judgment. He has appointed a day of destruction of the earth and and the sun, moon, and stars. The entire universe will melt with a fervent heat and will be destroyed and and so that's why there's this difference in attitude when people hear about 
a prospective date for the end. Uh, it depends on their spiritual condition uh, uh, concerning which way they're going to respond. But God, again, um, speaks of inheriting all things and its inheritance of the land and its inheritance of eternal life. In Ephesians chapter 1, in Ephesians 1, I'm going to read a few verses here. These are wonderful verses, and Ephesians 1 is a wonderful chapter where God uh, lays out his eternal counsels from before the foundation of the world concerning um, his plan of predestination and all being done according to his good pleasure. And then he says in verse 9 of Ephesians 1, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom he also trusted after that he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Now that's, that's saying a lot in those last couple of verses, especially verse 14. The earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. What is God saying with that um, large statement? Well, first of all, he's saying we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And the Holy Spirit itself is called promise. That is, God's salvation of a sinner, the fact that he has saved a sinner, and placed within that sinner, his Holy Spirit is in itself, in essence, a promise. The Holy Spirit is acting as a form of promise to the one that uh, it is dwelling within with to that individual. If you um, understand and know by God's grace, if you have seen the evidence of God's salvation in your life, and therefore the evidence of the Holy Spirit within you, well, that is also evidence of the promise of God. What promise? Well, the promises that we've been looking at and talking about the last several studies, the promise of the eternal habitation or the everlasting dwelling place of a new earth, 
the promise of eternal life, the promise of God fulfilling all scripture and all of the things he has said must come to pass. The promise is centered and dwells in you in the form of the person, the the glorious person of the Trinity named the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit of promise. And it is a testimony and a witness to you and to me and to anyone that has the indwelling Holy Spirit that God will fulfill his promise. It, it's, it's basically a testimony to that statement that we read earlier in Revelation 21. These words are true and faithful. The indwelling Holy Spirit is the promise of God. And, and so if you, if you're troubled, if you're weary, if you're tired, if it, it's been so long and you're wondering, like John the Baptist, once uh, difficulties enter into your life and when John found himself in prison, he just wanted some confirmation. He knew Christ was the Messiah. He had known it since he was a child. But he sent his disciples, are you the one um, that that was to come or do we look for another? And And then Jesus obliged and told him, tell John, that the deaf hear, the blind see, the lame walk, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and and so forth. And they would have returned word to John, and John would have been nodding his head as they told him what Christ said, comforted. He would have been comforted that in, in his belief already, but he wanted further um, confirmation. And so when when we know the Bible says there is an end, we know the Bible says there will be a, a day in which this world is is gone, passed away, and a new heaven and new earth is brought into being. We know that God says there is a day of the resurrection in which uh, the child of God will be equipped with a new resurrected spiritual body. We know God is faithful to perform the doing of these things. But we want further confirmation and assurance, and we get that from the Word of God, the Bible. And we can also get it when we see the evidence of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Do you see evidence of God's Spirit in you? Are you a different person? Are you a new creature? Basically, because that is part of the promise. That, that is a portion of the promise of God to the seed, the promised seed of Abraham, the seed of Christ, that, that they would become new creatures, spiritual Jews, uh, circumcised in heart. Are you a new creature? Do you see a change in your life, an abhorrence of evil? a turning away from sin, an ongoing desire to do the will of God, then you're seeing uh, to varying degrees in each one of us evidence of the Holy Spirit, evidence of 
the spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. The earnest. Now, we're going to look at that word shortly, but uh, God is saying the Holy Spirit himself and his presence, somehow, mysteriously, God, the Holy Spirit, is able to dwell in the the new heart and new spirit he has placed within those he has saved. I don't know how that is, but the Bible tells us that. And that indwelling Holy Spirit is a spirit of promise and the earnest of our inheritance. And the word earnest, we'll see, is a word that really identifies with what we would say today a down payment. When, when you buy a house, you put a down payment unless you're rich and can pay off the whole thing. Most people aren't. So you put a portion down, a significant portion, but you put certain money down and that tells the bank, okay, we're going to sell the house to this individual because he has put down this amount, this portion, and has promised to pay the rest. And that's what our monthly mortgage is. And, and every time we're paying that monthly mortgage, we're fulfilling our promise to the bank and, and to the homeowner, whoever we bought it from, that we would complete the payment to them that we began when the money was put down. And that's that's what God is saying here. Remember that uh, good verse in Philippians, it says in Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that would be the completion of Judgment Day. Christ um, destroys the world. It's the time of the rapture of the elect living. It's the time of the resurrection of the elect dead and all meeting together with Christ and then dwelling as they are placed in the new heaven and new earth forevermore together, God and his people. And that will be the the completion of it. That will be the time when the uh, work is finalized that was begun at the moment of salvation when the Holy Spirit was placed within and and that begun the good work, that began the uh, indwelling Spirit of God in the life of that person. And and so they, they live their life until the, looking forward to the completion of it. And that's what this other language is saying here in Ephesians. In verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase possession. So the Holy Spirit is there, the down payment, the earnest of our inheritance until, just like he which begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ until the redemption 
of the purchased possession. Well, when we get together in our next study, we're going to look at this word redemption and at the word earnest a little bit closer and uh, we'll we'll just continue uh, reading God's fascinating book the Bible and and go where it leads us as God has um, just tremendous things in store for his people and there's every indicator today yes everything is uh, it's very bad. It, it's very bad in the world. It's very bad in the church. And, and, and it can really be, uh, oppressive in the sense that the soul, the righteous, uh, is vexed day by day by the things that are happening in the world or in the church. And, and we, we are troubled by it on, on one hand, but at the same time, these things necessarily had to take place and they are signposts God has placed that tells us that we're at the end, that we're right there. Remember in Luke where where the Lord says there's signs in the sun, moon, and stars and then he makes a statement. He says... Um, after you see these signs in place and Christ coming in the clouds, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And that's the same word here, speaking of this verse in Ephesians 1.14, the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. And there is a tie-in with what God is doing today and the finalizing of the overall salvation plan, the completion of it, he he hasn't saved us in total until we have a new body. Our bodies need to be saved. And uh, that's what is fast approaching. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.